0: For our first message today, we have a, a split sermon from Mr. Doyle Carter entitled, The Father's Love. Mr. Happy Sabbath to everyone. He's right, it's a way to get away from the craziness of the world. And it's not always of the world, it's your job place sometimes too. Sometimes it goes crazy. And that's why the Sabbath, we get a break. And we get to hear the word of God today, which is awesome. And in my case, I was going to speak on the Father's love, and the reasoning was I was going to do a little different angle than I did seven months ago, and I didn't realize I said the same title. Basically, I was going to relate to it like with Passover and the days on bread, because it's coming up pretty quick. Time—I mean, I, I think somebody calculates six, somebody calculated five weeks. Whatever, it doesn't matter. At my age, five, six weeks—who cares? It's, it's still going to be here so quick; it won't be any funny. And we'll be cleaning the church on a Sunday and doing all the stuff we always do. I was going to touch a little bit. Just I didn't give Brian the scripture, but that's fine. I was just going to say that uh, Barnabas had a very good sermon last week on our rewards, and one of his last scriptures. I don't know if it was his last scripture, but it's close enough. Revelation twenty-one seven. I didn't give it to Brian. Just put it in your notes. Revelation twenty-one seven says. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And I'm sure you can assert daughters. And I thought that was a very awesome scripture because what it does is he who overcomes will inherit all things. So what, when we go through all, this, all our trials of life, whether it's a loss of a family member, stresses at jobs, stresses on the road, <laughs> because our drivers have stresses on the road. In my company, there's drivers, and they really don't have fun all the time. Especially when ice is like this week. That it doesn't go to naught. There's a purpose. We actually get, there's something in at, the at the end. And God said he will be, we, he'll be our God and he, we'll be his sons and daughters. And all this is accomplished because he loves us. This is all accomplished because, not because he feels of duty, he loves us. He loves us and he wants to provide for us and help us. And what makes God's love so special? Let's just dive into a few points. Again, like one person said, don't get over-talkative. So I'll just make them quick within my time frame. The first one is, God the Father provides for us a way or a path to eternal life. We see in Psalms 103, verse 13, it says that as a father pities his his children... So the Lord pities those who fear Him. So He and I looked up pity because I take that a little bit awkward because it is King James. It means compassion. You can almost just read it as as a father has compassion to his children. So the Lord has compassion to those who fear Him. You know, just and that's a good one to know because God has compassion. He doesn't just zap us down with lightning every time He gets mad at us, like the. I was thinking about this morning in practice here that, you know, like the, four, like the gods of like the Mesopotamia and all, if you do something wrong, boy, that God is mad at you and you're in trouble. That year is going to be bad crops. It's going to be whatever. Devastation. And it doesn't work that way with God the Father. In fact, even, even, he's even aware of how we're made. Because if you go back, just, I think is it forward? Okay, you go a couple more scriptures forward in Psalms 103. 14 through 16. In Psalms 103, 14 through 16, it says, "For he knows our frame; he remembers that we are dust." As for men, man, his days are like grass; as a flower in the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. This hit home when I got this scripture earlier, and this is a prayer request. We'll have to talk to Dale about sending it to Richard. There was a guy, there's a gentleman we know from the feast, and he has like a 12-year-old son. I vaguely remember who he is, because I don't, didn't associate as much at the feast. I wish I did now more. He thought he had gas for two days, and so he kind of took care of that, and he felt better the last day. It was like a Sunday. He felt better, and then Sunday the next morning, he didn't wake up. He must have had a heart attack or something. But that's how we are. Our life goes fast sometimes, even unexpectedly. So you might want to put a prayer out, and I'll talk to Dale about having a prayer request specifically for that. But our lives, are we're mortal, and God knows it. God's very well aware of it. But he has a plan for us. We're not just sitting here going, okay, we're mortal, that's it. God has a plan. And here's how it starts. In John three sixteen. One we know, we can almost recite off the top of our head, I'm sure. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So he has a rescue mission for us, to his son. That if we believe on him, and there's more than just believe, there's some action involved, but we believe on him and follow him, we got it. And he set it in motion through Jesus Christ. We see in Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 3-6. Paul states to the Ephesians. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We shall be holy and blameless before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons, again, daughters, obviously daughters would apply, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures, pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us acceptable in, his, in the beloved, beloved. So in his compassion... And it's his good pleasure. I didn't catch that until this morning. I realized in his good pleasure. He wants to bless us. He wants to be, help us. And he planned it since the beginning of the world. He had it set up. So there's a rescue plan for us, so to speak, as his children. We don't have to just live this life and then that's it. Like some religions actually promote. And this is what Passover is partially about when you ponder on it, is the fact that Christ came to die for us. The second point is that God shows mercy toward us despite our attitudes and behaviors. He works with us. This is, of course, part of that rescue plan. I say that because I read you kind of confess last time, I think, that sometimes He's not always perfect. We always have our stubbornness, you know, and we react to things we shouldn't when we know better later, you know, like kids who, like the, I'll give you an example. It's not me, but I know someone, a parent, who had to scream at their kid for not playing in the street. The kid didn't have the foresight to realize a car could go around that street, not see him, because the kid's only this tall, you know. Come on, you know, and, and just run right into him. But the kid doesn't see this. The Kid feels it's like, why are you not letting me just play in the street? I want to have fun, not realizing the danger. When God tells us stuff, He's trying to avert danger for us, try to give us, guide us into the path we're supposed to be in trying to think of one for me, but I don't feel like tattling on myself too much. I'm sure I <clears throat> had, had a lot of discipline here and there. And we don't do this instantly. It, it's like it, sometimes it, we just A lot of us can't do it at a 90-degree angle. Like, okay, so-and-so, stop. Okay, now stop doing it. Then he, you fall back into it. It, you don't, it doesn't work that you fall back into it. It doesn't work that way all the time. So God has patience to continue to work with us. Build that character. We know this because we hear in Psalms, or same verse, verses 103. Be Easy for people's notes today. Psalms 103, 8 through 12. David says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He will not deal with us according to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquity. For as heavens are high, high above the earth, so great is the mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so he, so far has the, he removed our transgressions from us. So he doesn't punish us based on our sins. You know, I get mad at the news and say, so-and-so needs to have this happen and this happen and this happen. And God's going to have to work that out of me a little bit sometimes because, really, there is a point where you can do certain actions to stop it or at least avert it. And and it shows that God's in for the long haul, too. That he's showing mercy. He's going to be there. I'll give you an example. Now, I don't even have to look at my notes. I know my own example. An embarrassing one. I think I've already used it before, but I'll give a little more detail. A while back, I was kind of... Got myself in a jam, let's say it that way, with a family, we won't go into all the details. And so when the event occurred and it was over and I was on my own, I had no money. None. And finally got a job, grace of God. He helped me out, as he always does. That's great. Okay, so I'm making it week by week, barely eating. Never told my, my physical dad at all. I just went, okay, I'm going to make it out of this by myself. One day I'm driving to a job, possible job, and the car dies. The only car I got, no money to replace it, no nothing. I had it towed to the house. I got on the phone, and I was like calling my dad going, Dad, I got something to tell you. And he goes, okay, when you do that, that's not a good thing. Well, first, I'm out of this situation. Well, that's good. He said, the car died. I need your help. Now, he could have said, I told you so, which he kind of did three times. But (laughs) chastisement was good. But then after that, he said, did you learn your lesson? I did. I won't do that again, ever. And he said, okay, I need your bank account number so we can start transferring money. We need to get you taken care of. He had compassion on me. He, didn't, he wasn't just going, oh, well, you stupid kid, go off and run off. He actually took the responsibility of saying, okay, you're willing to hold up your end of the deal? I'll hold up mine. I'll help you get a car. You get a job. You start get, saving money and doing the things you need to do. And God is the same when we come to him and we say we've sinned. I'm sorry, and he goes, okay, you got it? Did you get it? Yes, I got it. And he works with us to be pick or, pull up our bootstraps, so to speak, as the cowboy western thing he always says. So he's there. He's there for, like I said, the long haul. He's not there, he just doesn't give up on us. And I'm sure as a parent, any of you who are parents, probably have the same situation. You say, I told you so, now what can we do to help you get out of it? You may not give them all the money, you may make it a life lesson, because Dad said, you're going to pay me back for some of this, you know, right? This is just a loan to help you get on your feet. So he was there, and he made it a lesson, which was great. And like I said, you could probably, as a parent or as a child, could think of personal experiences where your parents came into your defense when you probably did something really bad. And that leads to the third one. It leads to the third one. It's God will provide for us in our general needs. He may not give you everything, and I'm glad. If he gave me a million dollars, I'd probably go astray. Sorry. If I could get anything I want and everything I want, I probably wouldn't be here, unfortunately. It's good that God kind of keeps everything in a check. He gives my needs. We know this from two scriptures, at least in the, as far as that goes. He's, it's in ver, Matthew six thirty-one through 34. Heard me repeat it multiple times, I just like it, it's cool. Great one to go by, Jesus' words, Matthew six thirty-one through 34. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? But after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And I'm going to stop there like he knows our frame, like I said in Psalms 103. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these, all these things will be added to you. So he takes care of our needs. I, just to interject another personal example, I was talking to dad one day, and he was saying he was willing to help me, which I'm, being, I'm a kind of a stubborn guy, I want to do it all myself, probably a good thing. He said, I'm here to help you, I won't pay for everything, obviously, but if you ever do need help, I'm to relieve a lot of your worries, because you know worry is a bad thing, and God is there too, you can, God is there to keep us from worrying about a lot of things, because the problem is if you're going to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but then you got your, your life is stressing you beyond any point you can handle, it kind of makes it hard to seek anything but what you need. And then he takes care of that as best he, you know. When he takes care of that, like with jobs, or might have family or friends to support you, and sometimes it's not money, sometimes it's mental support. You may be down and somebody goes, I know how you feel. It, you can get out of it. And then you go, oh, okay, and then you're to feel a little bit better. We know Jesus actually says another point of there. Matthew 7 in Matthew 7 7 verse 11 Jesus again says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will it will be open to you for everyone who receives I'm sorry restart that one up for everyone who asks receives he who seeks finds and to him whom who knocks is it will be open. And he says in verse 9, what or, or what man is it that among you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish he will give him a serpent. If you then being evil knowing how to give good gifts to your children How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give you good things to those who ask Him? You ask. He's willing to provide. It's an act of love. He takes care of His children. You come up. I've known people who've actually, for example, and this relates to me as well, same feast, somebody from New York who came to the feast in, how many? man, I shouldn't keep 20 some odd feasts. I can't remember which one. I think it was Lake Texoma. He had lost his job coming from New York to Oklahoma to keep the feast. I found out from Steve that he actually three weeks later found a better job by obeying God, and he asked for prayer. He got a better job, and he was extremely happy. And God doesn't just provide for our physical existence, as as it says in, uh, in. Again, I didn't give this to Brian just to save up scriptures, but it was in Luke twelve thirty two. In Luke twelve thirty two. It says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I can relate to this as being, when you read Luke twelve thirty two, it's like a parent who goes, okay, my kid's this small. But someday he's going to need to go to college, getting ready. So he starts saving up for college. So in his next phase of life, it's a little easier for him instead of him having to pay the thousands upon, is it thousands or ten thousands now for college? It's been a long time since I've been to college. I once quoted the fact that I had a I bought a book for fifty dollars and the kid goes, Excuse me? I said, Is that expensive? No, i paid two hundred for my book. It's like, wow. <laughs> they really know how to jump that. But a parent will prepare for their kid's future, and God does the same for us. He's preparing our future for or a future for us. And as I didn't point out in my last message, I said something about chastisement. God is training us, yes, like I mentioned the runner who had his father help out, because he sprained, I think he sprained his ankle, not sprained his ankle, but sprained a muscle. God will chastise us from time to time when we wander off. Because the problem is we don't see the whole picture. So we wander off, like kids, we sometimes wander off when we don't see the whole picture. It's the way it seems to work. And, you know, we have a good example from God from Matthew 5, 48, it says, Jesus quotes in Matthew 5:48, he says, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So we have an example. And this actually made me think of a sermon from a long time ago. Just to kind of break up a little bit here. It's by a prominent minister from a long time ago who went on a lot of rabbit trails. I'm sure Lucille and others would know who this person is as soon as I say it. He was talking about Ambassador College, or the college, and he was talking about one kid who was like in his 20s, he would have a limp, he started doing this, but he was perfectly healthy. And at first he said he couldn't figure out why the kid limped, what was the deal, he he obviously run track and all. But he saw him with his dad one day, and his dad had a limp. And it turns out that he, he idolized his dad so much that he limped like his dad, even though he had no problems. Because his dad got injured in the Korean War, apparently a bullet or something hit his leg, so he, would, he was limping on one side. The kid emulated. And by that general analogy, we should emulate our father. Maybe not limp, but we don't need to do that. But we can emulate what he tells us to do and what he tells us in the Word. And sometimes we get a little stubborn about some of the things we read, or we'll ignore it. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. I'm looking at someone in particular who has kids back there. Yep. They get a little bit, you know, you tell them, don't do that. You turn your back, and they kind of just do whatever they do. And then you catch them later, and they try to lie to you. And a mom, for some reason, moms know when you lie to them. I don't know. I can never lie to my mom. I I didn't do it after a while. because Dad said, you better never lie to me. And that ended the problem there. But But it's funny and chastisement, he leads us back when we you know, don't always want to listen. We know this because of Hebrews 12, or at least this is one scripture proof. Hebrews 12, 4 through 6, Paul tells the people, says in Hebrews, You have not yet resisted to blood, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to us as, a, speaks to, okay, let me start that one over. And you have forgotten the exhortation, which speaks to you as a son. And he's quoting Proverbs three eleven through 12, I found out. My, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom he, the Lord loves, he chastens. And scorns every son whom he receives. He's not like the the stranger who looks at the kid who goes out there and starts throwing rocks and just kind of turns his head like whatever. He goes out there and says, "What are you doing? I I you know better, right?" And it's like, oh I was just throwing a rock. Don't do that again." He goes out and stops us. And I could say it because the neighborhood kids got in trouble in the apartments for that. They were throwing rocks at something. I don't know. They got close to a window or two. And, the landlord took care of that problem. When to, don't want to pay for new windows, but and like I say, it comes from Proverbs three eleven through twelve. The fifth point, God God the Father encourages us in the Bible encourages us in the Bible that we are His children, rather, no matter through thick or thin. Overall, no matter what we do. And God the Father shows encouragement. And even no matter whether we are harmful to ourselves, it's Satan or just generally the world. Sometimes the world goes against us. We just Things go against us we're not prepared for. We are not alone. It says in John 10, 29 through 30. John 10, 29 through 30. My, my Father who has given them to me, Jesus says is greater than all, and no man is able to snatch him out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So you can't be, no one will snatch him, no one is going to remove you out of the father's love. That's an encouragement. Just like when I called my dad and I was really scared on my phone, he's going to be mad at me. Well, he was, but that's aside the point. But he didn't leave. He said, okay, okay. We were going to work together. And there was a few instances in my younger life, and I won't ever tell you about we'll let it go, uh, that I actually had to go to my dad for a few helps. And I was afraid he'd be mad, and once, he wasn't even mad at all. He said, well, I kind of wondered if that was what was happening. I've kind of, kind of proceeded. I know, I've know i known you for 20-some-odd years. I should know what you do. You know, I kind of figured. Finally, you came to me, and I had a plan. We know, and I didn't give it to Ryan or, Brian, or whatever. See, I'm getting nervous. Romans 8, Romans eight thirty-five through 38, don't have to really go to there again, but it says pretty much, let's see, he goes to a litany of items that you will not, who can separate us from the love of God, or love of Christ, and he talks about tribulation, persecution, nakedness, sword, perils, and he, says, and he makes the comment at the end, in verse 39 it says, nor, neither, just kind of going, speeding this up, neither height nor depth, nor any... Thing created, any created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us. That is something we can take comfort. I mean, it doesn't mean we just have the right to sin and do terrible things. I mean, that's what I said. Our Father guides us. But at the same time, we can take great assurance he's not going to give up on us. He's not going to look at us like, oh, well, you're a terrible son. I'm sorry, I'm leaving. He's there. I've got time. I think I'll use that scripture I had, I was telling to Brian. I wasn't sure. So we'll make it my last verse for encouragement is in Romans eight fourteen through seventeen. And it says in Romans eight, fourteen through seventeen, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So we can do that. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If indeed we suffer, so with a little bit of we have to overcoming the suffering stuff with Him, that we may also be glorified together. As we approach the the, the spring, as we approach the spring holy days, it's made possible because of the love of God for, toward us, love of the Father. We see that He realizes that we are physically as and I get to learn that more and more as I get older, even though I have the energy of a Younger man, nevertheless, it's still I have my aches and pains. You realize, he realizes our frame is mortal. And he has set a plan for us through Jesus Christ. Which is what the Holy days started initializing. He knows we're weak. He works with us. Path through eternal life. He's patient with us. He recognizes we don't learn instantly. We're not robots. Sometimes it takes a little bit of pushing and a little corralling and you know, a little teaching. He has patience. He works with us. We know that he shows His love. Let's see. He will chasten us when it's, when it's time. And that's a fact of love, to keep us on the straight and narrow. He will provide for us so we're not overwhelmed, so we can seek the kingdom of God and seek the Bible. You know, we're not sitting here stressing in the in scorner's chair, just sitting, and all we think about is that. He tries to relieve it. If we come to him and say, hey, God, I have a problem here. I need your assistance. He'll provide for you. We just, I won't say who, but we, we, I heard a miracle this morning of someone who couldn't afford something, and God provided. That's stress relief. That's a good thing. And I know that you can think of your own examples, too, when you thought this, everything was just, I can't afford this, I can't do this. And you go to God, and you maybe share it with a few people you trust, and all of a sudden, it's lifted. Something happens. Like the day I went to the feast with my paycheck not having rent. Come back and there's a bonus of $500. Paid my rent. You know, did what God said. I said, well, I'm going to the feast if it's due or die. Well, he said, okay, I got you a $500 bonus. When you get back, kid, you just go. Don't worry about it. You're doing what I told you to do. So as, as the spring holy days approach us in about five to six weeks, remember that, remember that God the Father, through his love toward us, has made everything possible for us. He helps us. He provides us the path to eternal life. As his children, that he'll make us, he's here to help us to have a good life, be prosperous on this earth and beyond. Keep this in mind as Passover comes around and examine our lives.